You're listening to the Plain Label Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Plain Label Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Williams. In this episode, we continue our look at phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with a discussion of the Marvel Disney Plus series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Here to discuss the series with me is the Falcon to my Battlestar, our very oh. own new mutant himself, Mr. Alan White. You made my mouth, you made my jaw drop just now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right well that's good before getting into our discussion i would like to mention that we are proud members of the deliberate noise network search deliberate noise in your podcast app for more great shows from the network mr alan white what is it that you are drinking this evening what is it that is so wonderfully colored that you are drinking this evening <laughs> because you have gotten on to me the last time i told you what i was drinking <laughs> i thought i would switch it up tonight and why not go with the um the theme of tonight's episode so it's called a red white and blue layered cocktail mm. the bottom is red curacao is that what they call no it's not that's not true grenadine is what it's called okay mm-hmm. you know grenadine don't you I know grenadine you know this all better than i do like I'm a shirley lo- temple i know grenadine <laughs> i'm learning all i learned all this when i googled red white and blue cocktail <laughs> so the bottom layer is that. Mm-hmm. And then the then what was supposed to happen was <laughs> what happened was <laughs> the uh, a, a, a vodka and lemonade mix mm-hmm. was supposed to be the middle layer. Vodka and lemonade. So I got coconut vodka and okay. pineapple vodka. And I, I figured let me let me put some uh, pina colada in the middle of there. And then the top layer was supposed to be the blue curacao. Uh-huh. However, <laughs> I put the red in there like they told me. I filled it up with ice like they told me. I put the, the lemonade layer on top of the red and it, it was separated and it looked really pretty. And then I ladled the blue curacao. Is that? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On top. And the blue curacao said, you know what? Fuck your color scheme. I'm going down underneath the white and I'm going to touch the blue. And that's where I'm staying. Mm -hmm. So now it's a white, blue and red cocktail instead of a red, white and blue cocktail. Well, you're in this. You're in the right area. You're in the you're in the ballpark. Yes. So I like it. I like that. How is that treating you compared to your uh, Di Sorono? It's very it's a lot. It's a lot sweeter. Mm -hmm. um, And it tastes a lot like a blue bomb pop. Oh, okay, yeah. Off the off the ice cream truck. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess that's what it looks like it would taste if you look at it. Isn't that funny? Now <laughs> yeah. either either it actually tastes like that or my brain is making it taste like that because I'm so used to blue bomb pops off of the ice cream truck as a child. Mm-hmm. It's like the um what is it? The Skittles all are the same flavor, but your brain thinks makes it I, seem like it's different or whatever. Yes, except that I refute that. I don't believe that's true. <laughs> nope. No, because when they changed the green Skittles from oh, lime right, right, right. to apple, I could 100% tell you when they changed it and what it tastes like. That's so just the apple a, at least tastes different than all the other ones. That's just a marketing ploy. Nope. Like you, you know, they're just causing causing conversation. They know that it does taste different. They just want the they just want the heat. Wow. 
So there you go. I'm having something that is not nearly as exciting as that. Um, it is a, I was, I was trying to think of something that would be like Madripoor color, mm. right? So something that's bright. So I've got this, this Smirnoff uh, strawberry. It's like a Smirnoff ice, but it's a strawberry flavor. Ooh. Um, and it is like bright, bright red. And so <laughs> I'm willing to bet that like the second ingredient's got to be some sort of food, food coloring in it, but <laughs> But it is very bright and it is like you kind of taste it and you can taste the artificial coloring that's in it. And that strawberry, just the coloring? Well, I mean, it's got some strawberry taste to it, but it's mostly just like the chemical. Like if you're if you're like dying eggs and you would and you would drink that water, that's sort of what, what? it tastes like. To me. No. <laughs> it's not very good, is what I'm getting no. to. <laughs> oh no, that's not fair. <laughs> seems like you're getting the short end of the stick that's right so i'm having a smirnoff ice so that's what we are drinking of course the the show that we're talking about the show that we're here to talk about is uh 2021's the falcon and the winter soldier so who would like to start mr barnes why does sam aggravate you 15 seconds to drop so what's our plan Great. Superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. I have no intention to leave my work unfinished. The wall's upside down right now. Where do we start? Buck, I have a plan. Oh yeah? What is it? Is you ready? Ready, ready, ready? Here we go again, huh? We've been grinding hard on the job. Can't take that from us. Are you ready? Oh. Is you ready? Ready? You ready? Oh. Ready? Is you ready? Oh. Are you ready? Ready? Is you ready? Hello, girl, kick your ass. I gotta get that brush out of before that bullet hit me. See? That wasn't so hard. Are you ready? Hey. Is you ready? Ready? Okay. You say you ready. What are you doing? Whole squad ready. Ready? Are you having a staring you contest? Huh? Are you ready? Ready? Is you ready? Just blank, sweet Jesus. I mean, how old are you? And the IMDb plot synopsis is very short and sweet because it's a it's always a kind of a trick as to how you're going to summarize an entire series in a few lines. But uh, IMDb does it this way. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Sam Wilson slash Falcon and Bucky Barnes slash Winter Soldier team up in a global adventure that tests their abilities and their patience. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much what it's about, right? Uh, so let's talk real briefly about um, about the, the show and the sort of history with the show uh, and your sort of history with these characters. So this was always planned to be the third one, right? It was always planned to come out after, the, after Black Widow, after WandaVision. Uh, I had said last episode that 
anything that comes after WandaVision has sort of like built in pressure, at least for me as an audience member, because that was so well handled in my view yeah. uh, to where it's like, you got a, a legacy to live up to, but did you have any connection with either the sort of whenever Captain America goes away and that sort of storyline or any sort of particular connection with Falcon or uh, Bucky Barnes slash the winter soldier before the show? I have, I, mm, let's, I, I have one peripheral connection, uh-huh. but I'll, yeah, let's, so let me get that out of the way real quick. My roommate for the, uh, for set for six years, um, I guess about nine months ago when I left and, and moved out on my own, like a grown boy <laughs> was the, um, cosplayer that did the bucky cap costume was all oh, black okay. black boots black legs black torso and then that tapering red white and blue shield mm-hmm. that bucky cap costume he um well he made he wore and he showed up to a marvel event that was happening i think in union square and they took that photograph of him and they put it in the comics like a, like that back panel, back mm. page kind of thing when they were talking about whatever they were talking about. And this, what is this, like 10 years ago, possibly? Mm-hmm. So my connection to Bucky Barnes is that I lived with the guy <laughs> who got on the comic page for six years. That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, but then what about the comics version? Did you like grow up reading Avengers with Falcon in it or... Like yes. when Winter Soldier came back, because that that to me feels like it was oh yeah, just the other just the other year when Winter Soldier was introduced. But you yeah. look up the dates and you're like, God, that was a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. It hurts your it hurts your it feelings. Does. It does. <laughs> it really does. Like when they re, when they reproduced the uh, the Cap twenty five cover at one point in this in the show, mm. and I'm like, oh, that wasn't very long ago. And I look it up and I'm like, oh Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> it can sting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't a big Captain America reader mm. for whatever reasons. Could it be, mm, I don't know, a little uh, resentment over my country, the way it's been treating uh, me and mine? Um, not realizing that the people that were writing the stories were aligned with my politics. And so they were they made certain to put values into this character that are admirable. Mm-hmm. while he tries to represent the country in that flag. I So I, I wasn't a reader of that. Plus, I'm not a general reader of single hero books. Oh, yes. A team I, man. I'm a team. I'm a team player. <laughs> I, I love, I, I, you know, I love interactions between characters. And what I didn't realize is that when you write a single hero book, you have a cast of characters around that hero anyway. So there's always interaction between characters, even in single hero books and i didn't get that until like the last until the last like seven years ago or something like that so when he disappeared off planet earth um when bucky took over as cap when all that stuff happened i i was peripherally checking it out because i wanted to know the storyline but i didn't catch up until two three four five years ago as to okay, this happened then, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. So what about you? 
Well, I was uh, I was an Avengers and an X-Men person. Well, and, and Spider-Man person growing up. Those were like the three worlds that I was in. So I always felt like I was somewhat connected to Cap stuff. And, you know, there was always the the sort of mystique or the shadow of Bucky Barnes and all of that kind of thing. But it wasn't something that, you know, it was like the the Uncle Ben, like you can't bring Bucky back mm. uh, kind of thing. And so then when he brought, when Brubaker introduces Winter Soldier and him and Steve Epting have that run, that's mm. one of the things that I have uh, collected in my little library downstairs mm. uh, that I had bound. And so I like that run quite a bit. And that was kind of at my height of I'm trying to grab everything and pay attention to everything and all this sort of stuff. And then after a while, you just sort of, it becomes unwieldy. I think it was like the double shipping to where I was like, all right, I just can't even do this oh, anymore. Oh, they are, they do love them double, double shipping, don't <laughs> That's they? Right. And so I was like, nope, I'm out, I'm out of this. Um, my, some of the things that I was like, just vaguely aware of, like I, um, uh, well, like Z, like Zemo, I knew from mostly from old issues of Cap, and then uh, like Thunderbolts stuff. Thunderbolts, uh huh. Right, and so then like Isaiah Bradley, I knew just from the a couple of trades of Young Avengers that I've read because I didn't read the the Captain America miniseries that introduced him, mm-hmm. so I just knew him from his grandson question mark that becomes Patriot Eli. Yeah. Hmm. So that's the only real way that I knew uh, that character. And so this is one where I was like, okay, I like these guys in the MCU, but what are they going to have the show be about? Like, that was the thing where I was like, you know, because Cap has, besides Red Skull, like he has some villains, but there's not like, for me, there's not like a ton of really great uh, cinematic transfer sort of villains Hmm. to where you're like, oh, I get how that would work immediately or something like that, right? Batrock, the Liber. <laughs> That's right, Batrock. Uh, <laughs> they really, really, really tried hard to make into like a a genuine, you know, one Thing. of the rogues gallery. Yeah, uh, with old George Saint Pierre. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so I was a little bit apprehensive, I guess, about going into the show, and then I, we watched the first season or the first episode of it, and I watched this one with my wife because she's. She's like as into the MCU stuff as I am. Oh, right. Like she's very much like, oh, are we watching? Uh, and we'll talk about next week. Uh, we'll talk about the um, that one. But she's like, oh, are you ready to watch another one of these? And I'm like, God, like we just we just watched one. <laughs> like there's only, you know, it's like there's only six. Can we like space them out a little bit? Uh, oh, but anyway. So you so didn't it, feel the same draw that she felt? No, she wants to just kind of really get all consumed by it. And I would rather space it out. Keep her. (laughs) And so once we get into the opening of this first episode, the New World Order, the NWO episode, I was like, okay, there's my wrestling mark. (laughs) My wrestling mark's coming out right away. Um, But once they get into, oh, the series is going to be about legacy and burdens and making up for mistakes and and i was like holy shit like i'm way into this because i was like if we're going to actually talk about like these two and their emotional cores and not just can we beat up batrock or not 
<laughs> right? Like that. And I was like, we're going to go into this and this is what the show is going to be about. Like wonderful. Mister. Um, but, but you didn't have, you didn't have an inkling that they were going to delve into Sam's self-identity and what he was going to do with the legacy that was handed over to him at the end of Endgame? Well, I knew that it was going to be, I guess I should say that I knew that it was going to be legacy based in some way, but I didn't realize that they were going to just straight off be like, you know what, I'm giving up the shield because it's not something that uh, I should carry or that I feel the, you know, I don't want to tarnish uh, Steve's reputation or whatever the case was that he makes in that speech. Um, and then when he gave like, it, when he gave it away, yeah, when, when he, he gave, gave it away it back to the, to the, to the government. Okay. Uh -huh. And then when they're like, yeah, JK, uh, we're going to introduce John Walker. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. because that was sort of my era of getting introduced to stuff when I was getting all of the West coast Avengers things and then digging through and buying all these back issues and, uh, was, Oh, it's captain America, but he's a dick is who <laughs> is who us agent always was to me right <laughs> and so I, was I, like, can, well, I can never separate the word in its original meaning to what it's become these days it is it, it you, nobody seems to think of it as a phallus anymore oh. <laughs> right <laughs> And I can never not think of it as a phallus. So every time somebody calls somebody that, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, a complete jerk off. How about that? I don't mind. I, I, I do not mind. I am not offended. I'm just mm -hmm. thinking sometimes you'll watch a television show. You'll be mm -hmm. in the moment and somebody will drop a dick. And I'm like, oh, shit. What? What? Oh, it's like that? Until That's really I realized, funny. oh, you guys don't take it that way anymore. Well, we we were watching, um, as of recording, my my uh, kiddo and I and my wife were, I've already seen it, but they were getting caught up on Yellow Jackets, the Showtime show. Oh, I don't, I haven't watched any of it. And uh, there's a moment in that show where these girls are all sitting around the campfire and the one very religious girl um, talks about how something is her fault because she thought of calling her piano teacher the C word mm. and the girls all just laugh because that's so ridiculous or whatever. And I'm kind of like, Oh my God, like I would never. And then mm. the two women that I'm watching the show with just thought that that was the funniest thing Ah, to where I was like, that's something to where I would never just be able to like slide that into a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Just drop, you know? just drop it in there. <laughs> However, the English, the oh, British, yes. <laughs> yeah the british use that all the time boy all the time all the time and yeah. i think and i think our australian cousins too mm, okay well i haven't heard mr shaw do that maybe he's no, just no, no, holding no. out he's 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 a polite boy yeah yeah so uh this first episode i do like how we have sam show like showcasing what he can do in a real world situation mm -hmm. to where it's like oh yeah it's not just um these it's not like feather wings and he's out you know right. just tr like flying around for fun or something it's right. like oh no this would be really handy in a military sort of way yeah but you have got to have some kind of hand-eye coordination and you've got to be able to deal with vertigo hmm. and like what he was doing in that in the sky and zooming through through helicopters uh -huh. and all sorts of stuff it's like oh, i'm i'm sick i'm feeling nauseous just looking at this mm -hmm. well because it was very much like uh it was like a 
scene from Top Gun or something like that. Yes, yes, you know? yes. And so I really liked how they were they were like making him out to be. I guess what I don't think of Falcon in the books as like a real sort of like a macho kind of a character. How dare you? <laughs> but I I don't think of him as like as aggressive as he is here. Uh, and okay. maybe it's because I'm in the pre Falcon cap book uh, mm. stuff. Um, and so pre that... Falcon cap, not, not the Fal- not the captain America and Falcon when it became that title. No, 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 no. I'm in like when, when, when Steve's gone and then Sam takes over, like oh, I yeah. haven't read, I haven't read any of that stuff. Oh, okay. Well, that a lot of that I think was taken up with him doing that introspection stuff mm. rather than him doing military operations and busting heads. Okay. So, uh, so this version of him is a lot more like aggressive and more like fighter pilot sort of um, like, like yeah. what you were saying about having to have certain hand-eye skills and pressure in certain situations and being able yeah. to handle all these sorts of things. Doing corkscrews in the air and all sorts uh-huh. of stuff. And being, and being able, able to-, to, being able to like communicate uh, with the with the AI, yeah, right, and then to be able to tell it to do certain things, Red Wing, that was Red, Red Wing. Wing, yeah, I thought that that As was a, really interesting. Yeah, the the movie version of his Falcon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, what do you think about them taking away like the the bird communication? Do you think that that's a positive because that would have been deemed too silly, or would you rather have them been more true to the character? Oh no no no! It, for the MCU, it would have been hard to explain. Because uh-huh. he he, it would have to be his powers at that point. And how do you introduce that when you brought him on as a army guy with training? Mm-hmm. Where would he have gotten the powers to talk to birds? Right, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, one of the things that's interesting about the show, before we really dive into the episodes, is that this was originally supposed to be uh, eight episodes. Ah, and it got trimmed down to six. It did. <sighs> Uh, it did get one of those, uh, you know, one of those pandemic uh, halts and they had to pause production and all that sort of stuff. And then when they re sort of went at it, I don't know if it was um, then that they decided, oh, we're cutting you down by two episodes or what. But there was several things that I was kind of like, dang, I, I, don't, I wonder why they did it this way. And some of it is because they had two fewer episodes to work with than they had originally thought. Okay, that could be. Yeah. But you know what I just thought when you said that? Because I didn't know that. So now, so now, I'm like, uh-huh. And the Black History Month is only 28 days. And now they cut down <laughs> to two episodes of Falcon. Like, what's up, yo? Yeah, really. It's like, did you hear Sam's speech at the end of the show or not? Oh, <laughs> right? right? It's like, I people, did you it. even listen to Isaiah Bradley? <laughs> shameful yeah. but hopefully they had a good reason to do it rather than the optics that yeah. all black america is looking at hopefully so some of the uh, little bits that i really liked in here was i like the little um it, what felt like a justice league dig to me oh, when it's in, when in they the first are, episode here yeah the first episode they're talking about uh they said it later becomes clear that it's a captain america conspiracy but it's like they're talking about what he's doing. And they said that, oh, is he watching from the moon? Oh, nice. Right? Okay. And I'm like, yes. oh, are they talking shit about 
the whole Justice League stuff, the Watchtower. Mm-hmm. So, and so for me in this, when they introduced John Walker, like mm-hmm. I was already in with Falcon. Go ahead, zoom around, do that thing, whip up on Batroc. Cool, 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 cool. And when 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 they when they decided, guess what we're gonna do? We're gonna have a John Walker. Mm-hmm. I felt like, oh, now you dragged me down. Oh, really? Because I hate that character <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> as a, as an end um, scene at this first episode, it mm-hmm. was like, wow, okay. But then the fact that they start again with this character, like, I don't know. I don't want to see. I don't care about this. Why is he breathing this air? Like, what do we? <laughs> Why do we care? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they, then, you know, movie magic and story writers and <laughs> that all start to click in. And, and I didn't continue to hate him. Uh-huh. But my, my first reflex was, oh, damn mm-hmm. yeah so one of the things that i really liked about this opening bit was i really liked how we talked about last episode was about wanda's stages of grief mm-hmm. and this season sets up like this is going to be about steve and the legacy and the burden of that leg- legacy and it's also going to be about the winter soldier and his ability or inability to forgive himself Right. And the the psychiatrist says, you know, you're free. And he's like, free to do what? And I'm like, what a a scary thing for that character. Mm -hmm. Because he has all of these enhancements, but he doesn't know who he is or what he wants to do or what he can forgive himself for or not. Yes. Yes. Uh, So I really, really like that. Um, I put in here, I was like, damn, Bucky's got some easy game because he... (laughs) He secures that date really quick. She's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I get off at 10. <laughs> like, well, whoa, I mean, what? Well, what you might not understand is that um, Stan is quite a handsome man. <laughs> that's that's what I don't understand. Is old Sebastian is a yeah, is a handsome fellow. Okay, you might not, you might not know this. Well, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't think that we're struggling in the looks department in this in this show. <laughs> between anthony mackie sebastian stan even wyatt russell is john as john walker um no <laughs> so wait a minute you're trying to tell me hold on alan, the blonde is not that great looking alan you're I know. trying to tell me i know I that know. kurt russell's child with goldie hahn with goldie hahn is not an attractive oh, yes. man that's what you're saying he's a very average um and very un, uh, not un, un, um, unoffensive looking man. He's a very like very John Walker looking guy. Like he's just I, a very generic white man. To where you're like, I just hate that character so much. <laughs> oh man, I love it. This is gonna be I a can't fun think discussion. Of an, I got. I can't think of an actor that that they could have cast mm-hmm. that physically would have made me warm up to this character. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one. So uh, one of the one of the bits that I put in here that before we skip is I really liked the Winter Soldier flashback mm. um, because mm. I think that he is he is incredibly scary to me when he's in the Winter Soldier sort of mode. 
just dead eyes just, just dead eyes and it's like something about the hair i don't know what it is but man he is a scary looking dude because especially once he has to take out that poor kid oh. and about how that reflects into his sort of overall journey guilt yeah the guilt for sure and and there's something that i i suppose is a reality for him is that he was he was conscious of what he was doing right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so he can't say i mean he he was brainwashed to do it mm-hmm. but he was looking out his eyes it's not like he came to and he doesn't and he lost time right isn't is mm-hmm. that an understanding well yeah because my understanding is he has that flashback to where he's remembering of what he did to the starks mm-hmm. with that car crash yep. and so it's like yep. he's cognizant of the things that he did that he did yeah so you have to live with that knowledge even though on some level you wouldn't have done it of your own volition, mm-hmm. but he was brainwashed to do it and he did it and he remembers doing it. And so that's hard. Mm-hmm. I do also like that we have, um, Oh, uh, I, I really like that this, the sort of way that they incorporated the flag smashers into this post Thanos world. Yeah. Like I thought that that was really interesting. It's like, Oh, these five years that we were all split, Mm-hmm. the world as a whole came together and worked together to overcome this tragedy yeah and now that everything's back to normal you guys are fucking it up <laughs> and we're having to go back to the way that we had to you know we were suffering before and now we're suffering again but the, the the nature of their suffering is when half of the world's population disappeared like Thanos thought was the answer mm-hmm. you have all these resources given mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. when there's only half when there's only three billion instead of six billion people on the planet suddenly there's room suddenly there's food food suddenly there's um real estate mm-hmm. that you can have and so after three billion came back whatever the flag smashing folk had or just the population that was around the flag smashers, people related to the flag smashers related to carly morgenthal had to now give up what they were given for for the past five years mm-hmm. because people came back to their possessions or they came back to their real estate. And these people got, they got displaced. Mm-hmm. And she's like, fuck that. Like, why should we leave now? Right. And then at the end of this episode, uh, we've had the Torres character, which I, which I found out through the trivia was from the book. I thought that that was an MCU creation. Nope, it is um, the new Falcon in the book. Okay. In, in the comics, he's the new new Falcon. Okay. So that's interesting because I did like him as being like a military sort of go-between um, in, in this show. But uh, I think it is interesting that we are introduced to the Flag Smashers as a person by seeing Dovich instead of Carly. Because we get him and he's... He, you know, beats the crap out of Torres really quickly. Mm -hmm. And then that is the image of, Oh, here is the big bad in my brain going into Uh the second episode. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, because that was originally what I think it's Carl Morgenthau instead of Carly in the books. Um, And so I was all in, I was all in after the first episode. I loved all of the sort of psychological discussions and sort of the, it's about these characters and the emotional burden that they're having to go through more than it is you know who can we beat up yeah who who we're going to beat up and then i like the sort of discussion of oh how would this world work if these people did come back Mm. and then again the introduction of john walker at the end is you know you can't trust the government 
<laughs> they're, they're saying thank you very much we'll take that that shield back yeah we don't need it we don't need a cap <laughs> yeah you said jk <laughs> yeah and then they're like they're like by the way we got ourselves a blonde white cap thank you very much sam right? blonder than steve rogers <laughs> yeah really <laughs> You're, like the more how more all american can you get with the kurt russell and goldie Hawn's uh, blonde child right well okay <laughs> that's fair <laughs> yeah so we get into the second episode, and this is our character building for John Walker. <laughs> this is called the Star Spangled Man. Ugh. And so we start out, and it's, you know, it shows it's showcasing his own doubts. Yeah. Uh, and he's given a his he's given his own macho uh sort of pump yourself up line where he says, time to go to work. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, this is his, I could do this all day is it's the time to go to work this is that's what they're that's what they're telling me uh story-wise uh my question was what what era of logo is this alan because i'm i would guess that you would know when he comes out and runs onto the high school field i was like well this is this is an adjusted logo this is the this is not the traditional captain america stuff what does it say what's well i don't know i don't know what it was i don't know (laughs) because it's not like the it's not like the circular you know logo from the shield it was slightly different uh to where i think it looks more like the patch that's on his actual right shoulder instead of um what what steve's um uniform looked like well on on the in the the comics itself doesn't he didn't actually have when he became the u.s soldier no u.s agent he didn't actually have cap shield did he he had like a black and red and white shield yeah, and he had that pointed one for a while. Yeah. The shield, the shield stuff, I always kind of I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't pay a ton of attention to that because it's like art, man. I know, but it, it's one of those things where it just kind of is like, dude, it's but it's just a shield. Like when <gasps> but when John has I, his fit when he pearls. gets his fake shield later. Where are my pearls? I must clutch my pearls. So when John gets his fake shield later that's what i imagine the shield to do most of the time now that when i when i think of my favorite covers of all time though i do think of like the captain america annual from mike zek where it's wolverine and captain america ah and his claws are right and so that so when i see it like something like that i'm like oh dang it's really tough but when i see it like bouncing off of trees and stuff i'm like okay it's just like a it's like seems so very very light and i get that that's part of the deal with the metal and all that kind of stuff but i don't know i'm not always in love with the shield stuff oh well <laughs> i know fine. it's blasphemous fine <laughs> uh i like how we don't meet walker until or we don't uh, uh bucky and and sam don't meet up until walker is introduced I like that as a storytelling choice because it shows those two have their own stuff that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it's when we have this pretender that is introduced is when those two have to then team up. Yeah. Because Bucky is resentful that he, that um, Sam gave the shield back to the government. Mm-hmm. He, he thinks that, that Sam should have kept the shield, but you can tell, I, I read uh, it might not, I, they didn't say not. So I got to read this into it that Bucky having been Steve's partner and best friend, or they looked like they were best friends or, or just 
strong supporter mm -hmm. would have loved to have been the one that Steve gave the shield. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Absolutely. Okay. And so when he sees that Steve gave the shield to Sam, he respects Steve's choice. But then if then Sam gives it away, it's like, well, what the fuck, man? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're, I could you're have had the on shield Steve then. Too. What, you, what are you mm -hmm. doing? You gave it away to the government. I did. I could have took it. You could have gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it, what I like about that in, in a sort of grand view is that it's almost as though Steve didn't want Bucky to be the new John Walker, even though Steve doesn't know him. Like he didn't want to sort of tarnish the shield. And it's not that he doesn't trust Bucky, but he knows what Bucky was. And he Ooh. knows the potential sort of vulnerability that is always sort of there with him. And that somebody would have kind of ascribed a villainy to the shield if mm -hmm. they knew. That but he knows Sam is, Sam, Sam is sort of like, pure good right or like what in that grid where it's like chaotic good and all that kind of stuff like mm -hmm. sam is in the same sort of ballpark as what steve is mm -hmm. plus bucky was wrestling his own demons anyway and his own feeling of worth mm -hmm. so he didn't I, I could see him not really pressing that point so much because he doesn't even know if he's worth if he's if he's worth taking anybody out on a date or anything <laughs> let, right. let alone carrying a shield of, of Steve mm -hmm. and being being Captain America. Yeah. So this episode um, is more focused on John, but this is this is the first time where I felt like there was a little bit of a, a mistake, or like not a mistake, I guess, but like a, a false step for me in the show. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's the highway fight mm. and it's the sort of, insistence on the mcu to add like cutesy jokes oh okay uh to where i like the dynamic between bucky and sam with the whole like the big three stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they talk about uh reading the hobbit when it first came out and that kind of thing right mm -hmm. like i think that that's funny but when it's like bucky falls and that's part of a joke and then they say like, and I can fly, who gives a shit? Like, that's where I'm like, ah, okay. Like everyone's got like the same sort of level of sense of humor. Ah. And that sort of drives me nuts because it's the same thing in every sort of Joss Whedon thing that's ever been to where oh. everyone has the same reference level and sense of humor, or they're making fun of the fact that they don't have that reference like Steve. Um, but it's like, I, I, don't, I don't need like Iron Man and Thor also like everyone being quippy mm. like you're telling okay. me like in a, in a collection of all of these like macho sort of egos that everyone has the exact same sense of humor if you if you read it that way if you felt like they did i don't i don't i'm not sure if i did mm -hmm. i can't tell you that i didn't I, I can't tell you oh no for sure thor's sense of humor is like this and iron man's just like this and i don't i don't i can't pierce that out i probably have to watch it again and then purposefully see if if there's any difference between them but i had i have just been like for the last couple of weeks i've been reading classic uh, issues of the fantastic four mm -hmm. and i have been kind of impressed by the level of humor that stan or stan and or jack put into the dialogue but mm -hmm. i realized it's majorly between has um, Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm are saying the funniest lines. Mm -hmm. So I guess it, to your point, if they would have had maybe just one character being 
cracking wise and having those kind of quips rather than all the characters having quips maybe do you do you think you would like that better yeah i would well it would it's like everyone is a spider-man type with the jokes yeah. to where like i like i would prefer it as if some of them like ben Grimm, has a different sort of sense of humor than a spider-man type mm-hmm. right like i think of a ben Grimm, and i think of like a hellboy sort of personality type to where he's not overly bothered or plussed by anything and where yeah. it's kind of like oh here we go again or oh crap like hellboy would say right like that's more of the sort of sensibility that i would that i would hope for in the differentiation of the of the characters yeah 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 his his was more like the bowery boys kind mm-hmm. of sense of humor mm-hmm. with um the way the way he would deliver a line would would you can imagine hearing a gravelly kind of lower east side um old street kid mm-hmm. talking so yeah yeah so i would have i would have preferred some more differentiation of that i guess and that's just okay. like a small tonal sort of thing but um this is also the area where we get our real villain mm-hmm. uh right where we get our introduction to carly yeah and I, i'm like okay i don't know like i think that she is good mm-hmm. i think that her and sam's scenes are really good where they're discussing sort of sociological issues essentially mm-hmm. i think that the way that they do her uh either stunt double or whatever like when she's doing all of her different uh, martial arts i think that that looks really well really mm-hmm. well done but i think the thing that doesn't sell me as much as it could is i don't believe her as much as a person that rallies everyone together to your point yeah you know, like yeah. as a person that is like a, hey, you should, you all should follow me. And I don't know yeah. what it is about her. I don't know if it's because she is such a small young woman or what it is to where I'm like, well, I don't, I guess I don't see her being like persuasive enough in her, in the way that they chose to portray the character yeah. um, to where all these people are like bowing down and agreeing with what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Actually, now that you bring it up, but I want to I want to go back to Walker's um, expanded introduction. Mm-hmm. Since I had already not liked him, and he walked into the locker room, and I'm not liking him, <laughs> and I'm and I'm thinking, oh, here we go with this. Now you're gonna in, 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 you're gonna expand on his character, try to make us care for this asshole. <laughs> okay, what do you got? They brought in a woman of color as his mate. Mm-hmm. to start and then his best friend as he kind of gave us the impression that this guy he was really close to and he really liked this dude is a black man like black man mm-hmm. right dark black man so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking they just surrounded this character with two people of color with no no mystery mm-hmm. and he has close ties to these two people of color are they trying to redeem him already by giving him giving us these people of color now when when i say this at the time i was not aware because like i told you i hadn't been a cap reader i was not aware of the character battlestar oh okay so i didn't know the i didn't know the role that this black man was going to be playing as john walker's friend uh-huh so I'm, I'm, I'm letting that, you know, I'm saying, okay, this was loyalty to the comic book, but 
John Walker doesn't have a black wife, does he? <laughs> In, in the books in the books i wouldn't i don't know that would seem awfully progressive for when he was introduced right um he is struck me as being uh very who boy uh very republican i'll say it that way is the way that i read john walker's character yeah yeah and republicans can have black wives right but, but it, like of a certain type of republican yeah, that's what I mean. yeah or a black wife like candace owens Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Woo. Woo. <laughs> I said it. That's right. I said it. <laughs> and I and I don't apologize for saying it because that's mm-hmm. just what it is. Mm-hmm. So that kind of uh, a black woman. And, you know, go ahead. Live your life. Have your beliefs. Do do you do you. But for John Walker, they didn't do that in this. Like they're no. not showing us a, a kind of a Candace Owens kind of girl that's hanging with him. So I'm thinking, OK people you're trying to make me like this guy mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna do it <laughs> well they're really trying they really are trying right because they this is again where he now he feels a different kind of responsibility mm-hmm. than what sam feels because he's trying to live up to someone else's legacy that he didn't know mm-hmm. and he's you know you find out uh later in one of the more pivotal scenes that he doesn't even believe that some of the missions that he's already been on were even worth the accolades that he received Yes, because of what they had to do. And so it's yes. like his whole life is a sham yes. in some respect, right? <laughs> it's like, so I can see if you don't, if you already have like a not real fond feelings for the character of don't give me all right. this, don't make me start trying to feel for him. Exactly my feeling. <laughs> and then after he goes through that, that kind of soul searching in the locker room, he goes trotting out to a blonde white woman to big him up. Yes. And on uh, the show, yep. Good Morning America. So I was like, well, what do we do? What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Because that's what I expect. I expect the Aryan nation to embrace this guy. Mm-hmm. So I and was conflicted. I believe that uh, I believe that that is an actual a good morning America person or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, there are other black, there are other good morning America people that aren't white and blonde. It could have been a guy. It could have it been, could have been um, it could have been anybody, right? It could have been, um, what's his name? Uh, the base, the football player, Michael, somebody, uh, Sarah Haynes is the actress and she's playing herself. Uh, mm-hmm. so yes. Huh. So she bless her heart is a news person. Get that check yeah <laughs> right get well, that check is right i was paying attention to these visuals mm-hmm. and after he has a powwow with the real heart with the people of color in the locker room he runs out to the white blonde lady to get his glow on and to snow the american public about how great he is mm-hmm. and i thought hmm sus so speaking of the like symbols and what the sort of optics are of things, what is what is kind of interesting to me about this show as a whole before we get into episode three is um, so Kari Skogland is the director of all of these. Uh, mm-hmm. She directed and she directed all six of the episodes. Yes. Uh, and so this goes into what I was talking about last week about how MCU phase four is very concerned about having a lot more female representation in the behind the scenes work right on. Uh, and this is also mostly written and show ran um, and uh, 
written and show run by um, Malcolm Spellman. And for people that don't know Malcolm Spellman, he was um, he was a writer and executive producer of Empire. And then he is uh, the person that is has brought to you the new um, Bel Air show. Oh, Uh, so he's in he's in charge of. I don't know. I guess I can't. I don't know that he was the. I don't think he was the showrunner of Empire. I think he was just one of the writers on the show. And then he he was in charge of this. And then he is now doing Bel Air. And then he is also the uh, the writer of Captain America Four. Uh, that is starring our Sam Wilson. Right on. Uh, so he is very much taken a hold of the Captain America world. Mm-hmm. And he is a black man, in case I didn't. That was the point of me bringing that up, was that it, oh, wasn't, okay. it wasn't that it was just like some dude. It was just that he, that he uh, has a lot of the issues that Sam and Isaiah Bradley's characters brings up. Like he has a lot more authenticity than if it would be like me writing it or something like that right on which i appreciated so yeah all right so episode three uh this is the power broker episode this is the mm-hmm. madripoor episode yeah uh this is where this is where i was i was kind of on your side in terms of i didn't know what they were doing with john walker at times mm-hmm. because he in this episode uh he's already shown in episode two to where he really kind of gets a kick out of being uh recognized as a figure Mm -hmm. Uh, He likes having the power and and likes sort of belittling Sam and Bucky. Mm -hmm. Um, And here he sort of right away gets into the, do you know who I am stuff? See, And I'm like, this guy is a dickhead. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I didn't like that. Um, And I thought that that was too quick for the, for the personality, for the character. And I thought maybe this is where we're getting a little bit uh, in retrospect, we're getting a little bit of the time crunch thrown oh. in because he's he's awfully angry really quick mm-hmm. and i'm like well, dude like you just got this given to you like everything is like on a silver platter for you where is mm-hmm. your anger coming from and now i realize i'm talking about how i just called him a, a republican <laughs> <laughs> and so may i suggest that his anger is coming from a sense of entitlement Mm-hmm. that possibly he was raised with mm-hmm. and if he Not... gets angry maybe he'll get his way thank you <laughs> it, it didn't surprise me at all yeah. that he was angry i didn't think it was too soon i thought that all that glorification of him in the locker room was was bunk mm-hmm. <laughs> i thought mm-hmm. okay this is the guy i expected it to be no black wife no black best friend uh-huh. this guy uh-huh. plus ooh. Ooh, how about this? If his best friend had was black, and if they had a relationship longer than a month, mm-hmm. did, was he never checked? <laughs> like, did his buddy never pull him aside and say, "Yo, like, what's up with this <laughs> attitude doing? right now?" <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I don't know because Battlestar. Uh, one of the things that got scrapped was that he was supposed to have some powers as well. Hmm. they were originally going to have him like with gloves that were almost like electro sort of gloves so that he would be actual a battle star <laughs> right exactly yeah because he is sort of like a uh, person to avenge is what he becomes in the show right <laughs> they fridged him yeah they really did yeah and they really kind of extend that out by you know they they're really trying to milk the john walker character 
in the later episodes where they they make the scene of having to go to Battlestar's house and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so anyway, so this is episode three. This is where we are introduced to Zemo. Yes, right? reintroduced to Zemo. Yeah, reintroduced. This is where we, because he was the sort of tag at the end of episode two, uh, but this is where we get uh, to see Daniel Bruhl back as as Baron Zemo. This is where we actually get to see the the hood as well, right? Yes, yes. Um, yes. And so I, I do like that. I put in my notes, like, love Zemo more Zemo. Um, because he's just a character that is he just looks like he is enjoying every bit of time that he's on screen and I think that that's such a good counterbalance to these three male leads that we're dealing with Mm. to where they're all sort of burdened and stricken with self-doubt of some sort Mm -hmm. and then Zemo's just kind of like this is great like I'm manipulating all of you and feeling awesome (laughs) about all of it but I, I, I got more in this series than I did in his original appearance in Civil War, right? Civil War? Mm-hmm. That he has a real hate. Oh, well, I guess. Oh, is it? Did he develop the hate in the movie or did he already have it? And that was, you no, know, no, no. He already had it because it was a result of uh, Ultron mm-hmm. um, that Sokovia got messed up. And his family was affected. If not, he lost people. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to end superpowers. He wants to, like, nobody gets to have this because this is what happens when people are superpowered. Mm-hmm. So I got more of that theme from this character in this series than I did in, in any of the movies that he was in. Yeah, because according to the, I mean, he may have been mentioned in other things, but according to his IMDb, he's only been in Civil War and then this. And for whatever okay, reason, yeah. my memory was that he was also in um, Winter Soldier, but I guess not. Mm. Because I, my memory of it is that he, it was like a, maybe it's just like a, a hint that he was involved or something like that. And my memory was like, oh, it's probably Zemo or something like that, you know, instead of they actually dragged, getting to see him. No, they dragged him. It, it was, you're thinking maybe about Bucky's conditioning. Oh, that could be. That could be. Right. Yeah, because yeah, the conditioning was Zemo's keywords. Mm-hmm. So maybe right. he was at the big, be- but they don't credit him at the beginning uh-uh. of Civil War. No, oh, the, the he yeah, he's in Civil War, but not Winter Soldier. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so for whatever reason, my mind was like, oh, he's got to got to be in there somehow, but I guess not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like how we get the actual dilemma of what Bucky's character is here to where we get winter soldier having to fall back into character, Mm. which is basically like his worst nightmare, right. Of having to relive and having to become this person again. Mm -hmm. And he has to do it to save, you know, himself and Sam and everyone. And then potentially all of the people that he thinks that uh, Carly is going to hurt. Mm. Um, And so I, I really liked that, but here's what I would have loved to see just a little bit more of. I would have loved to see like, Bucky really kind of like stuck in the winter soldier mode or like being regretful that he had to do that or hesitant that he, before he has to do it or enjoying that he's in it. You know, I would have, I would have loved for another sort of moment of that as opposed to, Oh, I have to be winter soldier again. Done. Got it. Mm. And then just being able to like shuff it off. Like no problem. Well, they set up for us 
the fact that he was befriending somebody in his life outside of all this, befriending a man who was Asian, Mm -hmm. who winds up being the father of the younger guy that he killed when he was winter winter soldier in those Mm -hmm. flashbacks. Uh So I think they used those story points to get us as viewers to really dread him stepping back into that role. Even if, (laughs) even if the character himself didn't show us that in the role, Mm -hmm. right? Like, what you just said about him having to go back in there is what we were feeling, even if the character didn't feel it or right. didn't didn't reflect it. Yeah. So I would have loved to have seen, you know, when they're coming up with the plan and, and Zemo's telling him you're going to have to do this and you just get a moment of Bucky sort of like fighting with himself of realizing what he's going to have to do. Yeah. But and, in, in, in essence, did, did Zemo give him those words and make him go back to it or did he just pretend like he was no he just said uh, he he says that he's going to that he's going to have to pretend to be the winter soldier in order for this madripoor stuff to work yeah yeah uh and so that's that's different than actually getting brainwashed again right right right. so but it's just the idea that he's having to do these terrible things like what he was he's just basically acting the way that he used to be and i would have I would have liked to have had that be a harder thing to transition in and out of, I guess. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I put the, the Sam as a shitty spy. <laughs> so bad. Because so not only does he not have like a code word for Sarah, of like <laughs> in case shit goes wrong, here's what I'm going to say to you. Uh-huh. So you don't blow my cover for me. <laughs> why? Why? Tell me why. Why would he still have his phone on to begin with? Exactly. If Come you're on. going deep cover surrounded by a bunch of criminals why would you keep your phone on you one and two keep it on and three have it loud like why would you put it on vibrate (laughs) or or, or silent or something i think of this whenever there's someone that's texting in a movie and they've got this the sound on and i'm like what are you doing like you are obnoxious every no one likes those people no you're like i get it you have friends like don't rub it in (laughs) if anybody's (laughs) listening to this who does that nobody likes you exactly okay i want you just to know this the next time you're in a movie theater and your phone is on loud nobody likes that guy (laughs) so i have a couple of other notes here um i really like that my note of episode three does not remember where the rest of the season goes <laughs> because I put in here, I put Sharon is a lot of fun and is completely underutilized. Mm. So they got me there. I think it's because I, I do enjoy Emily Van Camp mm-hmm. uh, as a performer. Mm-hmm. And so I like that what she is doing here is I think that she has a really good mix of being always vulnerable looking but also like oh yeah no she could just like straight slap you in the face at any (laughs) given time she's good with a gun yeah uh and so i just kind of i like that that character is around because i didn't you know i grew up reading about sharon carter and cap yeah yeah and so i was like okay so she's gonna be a have a big role and then she's sort of just not in the world very much right and then my catch up with Cap's world and things, I learned about the significance of Sharon Carter as Agent 13 mm-hmm. in, in her white jumpsuit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and how she was the one who actually killed Cap. Mm-hmm. 
right? And uh, that whole baggage that she had to live. And then um, I forget which, was it the little, the guy in the little, uh, the little, the face in the, in the chest plate guy? What's his name? Uh. Zola? <laughs> Zola. Zola. Arnim Zola. Arnim Zola, yeah. Was he the one that kidnapped Cap and Sharon and took them to another dimension? I believe that to be correct. For a little while, for a, a while that all this time passed and they both came out old mm-hmm. and they had a kid. Mm-hmm. So all that significance. And then Cap got his youth back because he's, <laughs> he, he, he's a major character. Right. They weren't going to let him stay old. Yeah. But they didn't they didn't do anything with Sharon. Yeah, they're like, ah, <laughs> so, we, we've we've yeah, we've served her. She's served her story purpose. But they, so they kept her old. And then Steve and Sharon got back together again, even though she was old. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a, a great note, you know, because yeah. Cap is actually old. But, you know, now he's buff and young. It doesn't, <laughs> right. it doesn't mean that he's going to stop loving the woman that he's been loving all this time. Mm-hmm. And I do like cool. a, a little brief aside about that. I do like that they mentioned that Bucky's really old, but they don't play that card the way that they do with Steve. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because like yeah. he's he's old, but he's sort of like got other shit to deal with, not not just dealing with the fact that he's a man out of time. Right. Yeah. Like he oh, would but, rather he would rather just forget all that shit. <laughs> but to but to that point, it did kind of challenge my knowledge of the fact that he's old with the fact that he kept going after pe- women of color. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like. You're you're That's a Brooklyn true. kid who was raised in the 40s, uh-huh. right? Yeah, and he, the first uh, date that he has is uh, is, is the Asian, Asian girl, girl, and then he goes after Sam's sister. Going after Sam's sister, <laughs> nice true. black woman. It's like, right. what are you? Well, okay, Bucky, I see you. Mm-hmm. And I Sam's you, like, Bucky. don't don't look at my sister like that. Not only that, but he when when he first was convalescing from his injuries in one of the movies. Now I'm mm-hmm. not forgot. Yes, after at the end of Civil at War. At the end of uh, Civil War. He was, White Wolf. he was, yeah, he was recovering in Wakanda and uh-huh. all a whole black nation was around him. So, and I thought that he was kind of sweet on Shuri. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure they'd ever made anything of that relationship, but it looked like. And so that's one of the Wakandan Dora Milaje uh-huh. that, that showed up at the end of this episode. It's like, oh shit, oh shit, here we go. So maybe he learned how to love women of color during his time in Wakanda. <laughs> Maybe. That's what Wakanda gives you. Oh, new yes. perspective on things. Yes. Um, so I also, I do like the the opportunity of this, this actor that plays the scientist mm-hmm. because he's talking about how uh, he figured out the, the serum and it was ready to go and then blip he's gone <laughs> yeah and he has to come back five years later right and try to refigure it out yeah um, but they ask him about it and i love 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 the line of not my pig not my farm <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> just like not my problem <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I like that a lot and so then i put haha next to that and then of course he gets killed right away by zemo who zemo's living up to his no serum no super soldier nope sort of thing yeah so that action is the thing that's like oh shit no he's serious he Mm -hmm. really doesn't want this to to exist in this world and i so i do like how one of the things that the 
the series does really well is you're always sort of floating around as to who's on whose side and what the truth is and what you're supposed to believe about everything because we have Zemo fighting, uh, you know, with Sam and Bucky basically, or at least they're trying to protect him away from Walker and and Battlestar, and then we get the um, we get the Wakandan tribe mm-hmm. against them, and and mm-hmm. Zemo just kind of slips away. You know, and I'm like, oh, this is the perfect sort of comic book nod to where, of course, all the groups can't just sit and figure it out. They've got to fight each other. <laughs> well, because Wanda, uh, Wanda, the Wakandans showed up. It's Io is the member. Io, yes. She shows up because they broke Zemo out of jail. Mm-hmm. If they could to get this whole plot working, they broke him out of jail. But when they broke him out of jail, He's escaping from the justice that he needs to be serving for killing T'Chaka. Mm-hmm. So here comes Wakanda like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, he needs to go back to jail. Oh, you know what? You don't want to put him back in jail? Then I'm taking him to Wakanda because he's going to serve his justice. We're, we're going to get this justice for killing our king. And that's what. so they're fighting her, the Wakandans. They're fighting the flag smashers. Everybody's fighting everybody. I don't mm-hmm. think they would have gotten time to sit down and talk it out. So I'm uh, now li- interested in uh, Florence Kasumba, who plays Io. Mm. Uh, she is quite the interesting lady. She is both in Wonder Woman yes. and in the MCU. She lives in Berlin, speaks mm. German, English, and Dutch. Of course. Born in Uganda, <laughs> right? Grew up in Germany. The thing that I was trying to find, but I didn't see was that based on the way that she was walking at times, I was like, she has to have been a model at some point because she is strutting herself up and down this alleyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is five foot eight and was born in 1976. (laughs) So she's older than Maya Rudolph. No, she's she's younger than Maya Rudolph. Barely, barely younger than Maya Rudolph. Yeah. (laughs) But I was surprised by many of those facts. Mm. So, uh, but yes, very good to see her. Very good to see that whole group and not, you know, forgetting <laughs> as though the MCU would forget previous story points, right? But oh no, no, don't, don't ever, don't, don't you ever think mm-hmm. that they're going to let those things go. I at the beginning when they were just rolling out like Iron Man two and Thor. Um, I thought that it was all just a lark. Like if somebody looked like somebody or like when, um, when Barton showed up in Thor oh, right. uh-huh. and he was shooting an arrow, I was like, that's Hawkeye. Are they going to do anything with Hawkeye? Yeah. Not knowing that they had this whole thing planned out. We're going to have the Avengers. He's going to be Hawkeye. We're going to have Black Widow. This is not just Scarlett Johansson looking cute in a cat suit. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's going to show back up. We're going to like they that. So anytime that somebody looks even a passing glance to a comic book character, I'm ready. I, I know it's co- they're going to come back. They're going to have a part. They're going to be substantial in some way. It's going to fulfill my childhood dreams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking, Speaking of your so childhood dreams, episode four is the episode of the show for me it's the episode where john walker proves what he's really like yep. uh, it is called the whole world is watching because we uh, are the first thing that i thought was really interesting about this was man the flag smashers have really good branding because there's like 
logos of their organization on their computers. They've got an app. There's all kinds of stuff. That they've got. I was like, good on them. Look at them go. Well, um, they had five years. They had five that, years. Yeah, that's growing. true. I guess they have. Uh, I thought that the this is where I thought that the resetting of the borders was absolutely authentic, and I really, really liked Carly and and Sam's talk here, where he's trying to talk her down, and they're having more of a more of just like a sociological sort of discussion Mm -hmm. and she says that the past is black and white which is why people are so nostalgic for it Mm. and i'm like "Ooh, is that not the truth (laughs) okay (laughs) it's like everything was simpler in the past because you you know you're just thinking back on it you're not reliving that time so does that give you a reason that why maybe she's the leader of this thing yeah that does but i don't ever see her like doing a thing where she i would have i would have liked to have seen more of her being inspirational to her own group mm, okay i get you because like when i get that her talking to sam it's like oh she's making good points but does she seem like someone that you know either dovich or whoever is like somewhat scared of and would fall in line behind i don't know well you don't have to be scared of somebody to fall in line behind them well is she like uh, the Flag Smashers version of what a Steve Rogers or a Sam Wilson is, though? Like, that's the sort of thing where it's like, I don't get the sort of magnetism around her mm. as much maybe, as I would like to. Maybe maybe it was lost in those two missing episodes. Could be. I know that the, the person that she was uh, being mentored by mm. that you only see as the ceremonial uh, character mm. where they, ha- they go to like the the funeral for her and that's where right. Zemo's like, you know, being Zemo and convincing the children to tell him things mm-hmm. with the Turkish delights. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that character was a focal point of one of the episodes that was lost. Okay. And so that was okay. supposed to be like where Carly got her motivation from and that sort of stuff. And maybe learned how to influence. Mm-hmm. So that's, example. so that's the thing that for me really feels like it's, it's hurting because I just don't get her appeal from the other members as much. And plus maybe the fact that she has red hair and freckles. (laughs) (laughs) She's Annie's out here just beating up on all these people. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I do like, um, I like all that stuff. And I do like that. This is where we get the real jerk off John Walker stuff to where, you know, they, they agree 10 minutes and then we'll, come in because sam's in trouble then and mm-hmm. he's just pacing around and he can't handle it and bucky's like like bro chill out it hasn't been the 10 minutes and he Asshole. just can't he just can't cool off right like he's just the hothead that everybody has to talk down all the time because it's his show and because he's mm-hmm. always right and mm-hmm. because he has to have his way because mm-hmm. that's how his life has been and okay. what do you mean i'm not, i can't do this and what do you mean it's not right yeah, he is just like the fraternity bro that always wants to fight someone in a bar kind of a guy. Like that is his personality. Uh, and I think that that's shown really well in that in that respect, because he's he's pretty much like a toxic male person to where when he's isolated, he's like, oh, I'm so sensitive. What if I did these things wrong? But then when he's in a group, he has to perform and he has to sort of prove that he is as big and bad as he's leading everyone to believe that he is so, uh, people, so i think men, that, that is well done pay attention men 
<laughs> if you if you find yourself following these patterns, shit, you got to check yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my note here, I put uh, Walker is everything wrong with masculinity in a sense that tough equals smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see, oh yeah, I put Carly at the memorial. We don't see her connection, so her attempts to unite read opportunistic rather than authentic. Mm. So whether it be you don't get a sense of this is how my life has got better. So here's what I'm going to pass along to you. It just seems like, oh, here's a good chance to now do this thing. And so I think that her mentor being cut from the the show kind of hurt. That's what I'm getting to. Um, I like that John Walker doesn't need to be prodded. (laughs) Like he's his own sort of motivation. Like there's no like, Zemo didn't have to pick at him to get him to to lose it and start chasing after people and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know what they gave us, though, to satisfy one like me mm-hmm. was that um, Io just embarrassed his ass. Mm. Just embarrassed him. Okay, I put that, I put humiliation during the fight. That is, <laughs> yeah. such, that is such a great motivation for that character, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Because not only, like, he can't get the he can't get the spear out of the table and so he can't get his shield and they're just owning him and not even having to really bother with him too much. Mm-hmm. And so what oh, I may- like... Maybe they gave him a black wife so that that fight with Io wouldn't be interpreted as a racial thing. Oh, maybe. Maybe that. I that didn't think be. about that until just now. That right? could be. Like getting whipped up on and embarrassed by a black woman wasn't more than just him losing his face and ego it wasn't like how dare this you know fill in the expletive Mm -hmm. um embarrass me well and i guess that makes sense because if you're trying to be careful about the racial sensitivity of the character then Mm. you can't have him always sort of going after sam's character Mm. because then it could be more of like a i think i should be cat because i'm a white guy right yeah so maybe that then okay yeah so maybe that's why maybe that's why and that's probably what the Battlestar character's main purpose was also not well now that I learned that he was in in um the books Mm -hmm. first first introduced as the new Bucky Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then learning then Marvel Comics people learning oh Bucky is a derogatory term for some black people Mm -hmm. maybe we shouldn't call him Bucky Maybe that's a bad idea. Yeah, I think uh, there's something in the trivia about Sam Wilson saying something about that. Um, and that's why... Oh, no, he had said um, one of the reasons he agreed to do the show was because Falcon wasn't called Black Falcon. <laughs> and that's where that uh, that joke comes from in the show. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. To where they're like, hey, Black, Fal- Black Falcon. To where right. the little kids are calling him that. Yeah yeah but, that's, that's where that but came I, from I, guess. I think they brought Battlestar in because he was a pretty key to John Walker's introduction mm-hmm. when he took over as Cap he they gave Cap a Bucky black this black guy and then they changed Bucky they changed the name to Battlestar and it's like well if they're going to bring in John Walker here bring in Battlestar mm-hmm. so what I like about this uh, towards the tail third of the of this episode is we get john john feeling like he's never going to be good enough like no matter no matter what he does he's not going to be enough 
right? Like he's not Steve Rogers. He's not going to be able to solve all of these issues. And he's not going to be able to stand up to not only Carly's group, but AO and company. Mm. And, and so that's when he decides, because that's when he asks Battlestar, like, you know, if you had the serum, would you take it? And he goes, hell yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I thought was interesting because Sam's like, oh, I would never do it. You know, I'm, I'm uh, only heroic good or whatever. Like I wouldn't do those terrible things. And then the, the Battlestar character is like, hell yeah, I would do that. So maybe Battlestar was a Republican. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's like a Candace Owens relative. Yeah. Yeah. yeah could have been. There, uh, there's, there's, um, you know, poor Herman Cain. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's black people in the Republican. There's uh, those, the influencers that mm-hmm. uh, will speak at certain conventions and stuff that I know. Yeah. They'll trot them out there. Mm-hmm. See, we like black people. Here's mm-hmm. one now. <laughs> here's, here's our <laughs> black friend. They'll do stuff like that. Yeah. So I do like that, you know, he's humiliated. It's been seated already that he's he's got the the one vial left. And I love the fact that we don't see him take it. Mm. It's just the subtle shift of, oh, now he's even more of an asshole. Mm. Now he's even more unhinged. And it's when he wraps the pipe around one of the flag smashers hand or whatever is when you're like, oh, shit, like, uh oh. Yeah, something is wrong with him now. Uh, and then that's when we get the, what I think is probably one of the more memorable images that I've seen out of a lot of the MCU stuff, but it's it's the John Walker with the bloody shield. Yep. Because I think that that is used so frequently in Captain America stuff mm-hmm. to where it's, you know, the government or when Cap's, political beliefs are challenged and a lot of cover artists like to have the red on his uniform running or symbolic or what have you. And then of course with the cap 25 and the death stuff with the hand on the steps and here it's been used for a different, different uh, sort of end game, but it's still an evocative shot. And so I just thought that the, the way that the last few minutes of this episode looked were really sort of stand out so the the last four episodes then yeah have ended on those kind of uh do i say cliffhanger mm, yeah the first one ending with the introduction of john walker the second one ending with the introduction of zemo uh-huh. third one ending with the introduction of the dora milage in the in the and i mean it, they didn't even talk right he was walking in the alley to meet who he knew was following him. And there she was. Yeah. And then it, then it ended. Mm-hmm. And then this here. And then this image. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So episode five is truth. Um, this is where we get John's sort of real fall from grace in terms of the government, not, mm. not in terms of the public eye, but in terms of the government itself. Right. Because now that it was captured by everybody, they have to do something about it. Yeah. Well, first um, he fell from grace from Mm -hmm. um, Bucky and Sam because they were like, okay, dude, Oh, you've gone a little bit too far. Come on, give me the shield. And he, they had to fight him Mm -hmm. and he destroys the wings. Okay. So this is, this is one of, this is probably my favorite fight of the show 
and why so we we get him at the beginning and he's over like you can tell he's overwhelmed by what he feels like he had to do Mm. like he's on the sort of way down from his actions and he's sort of like oh shit well the reason why he killed the the guy and he must have beheaded him right well i think that from what we saw it just went into his chest but oh okay i think the idea is that he beheaded him and he did it because they fridged battlestar Mm -hmm. and so then of course later because it was carly that killed battlestar but what we know in the show is he's claiming that it was this sort of second lieutenant character that did it. So that way he can tell Battlestar's family or Lamar's mm-hmm. family that, uh, you know, I got, I got them. Mm-hmm. So he lied on that part too. Right. He's just, a, it, uh... so he's overwhelmed. He's looking down in the dumps. He's really feeling his uh, privileged white man feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. Poor baby. And, then he says, time to go to work. And I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. Uh, because he's not going to just give it up, right? Yeah. Um, and then this is when he, like the lines that they give him are very toxic, toxic masculinity lines because he's he's got Sam and he's choking Sam and he screams at him, why are you making me do this? Mm. Right? And that's very Ooh. much like a spousal abuse sort of line. Yes. Yep. And I'm like, this fucking guy. To where you're just yeah. like, I can't stand this dude now. Right. See, it took you a, a little bit, a minute or two to get there, but. <laughs> <laughs> but what I like about this scene so much is that they win, but they they have to hurt John, right? Like they can't just beat him up and he goes out and they take the shield and then they go about their day. Like they have to break his arm. The fight is really kind of ugly and brutal, and it's not as sort of clean and stylized as like the Batrock sort of fights. Mm. Right? Well, like, that's because Batrock is the Liber. <laughs> that's true. But this is more just like an ugly, kind of a brutal fight uh, between the three of them. And yeah, I like sure that it's represented know. visually like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I put in here that Walker is compelling but not a character that you want to it's like you don't want to like him even when he's making good points because he where he where the only time where he's attempted to be redeemed in my eyes is when he's talking to who's really the villains is the government here because like Mm -hmm. we said they they turned on sam immediately and gave this guy the captain america identity Mm. but it's when he says you built me Right. And he says, I am Captain America. Like, I'm exactly what you wanted me to be. And so he's like, and now because you saw the world saw what I did now, all of a sudden you have a problem with it. And that to me is such a comment on American wars. And it's totally fine as long as you don't get caught sort of personality when it comes to the U.S. sort of pushing um, their sort of beliefs onto other countries and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, I see it. I see. I see yeah. how you mean it. And so that's all fine and, and dandy. But then what do you make of the introduction of Julia Louise Dreyfus as Val Valentina? Contessa Valentina Allegra Di Fonte. <laughs> that's right. She's a character from the comics. She she was kicking it with um Nick Fury, the white Nick Fury. Okay. Back in the day. And uh-huh. she she uh her character kind of took a turn 
as they brought her back, like they brought Nick Fury back in the 70s, 80s, 90s mm-hmm. to where um, she's not that great of a gal. The last time I saw her in the comics. Now, see, I didn't know that she was a character. So I was like, is this supposed to be like a Val Cooper sort of comp? Mm, because yes. I know Val Cooper from, you know, the government X Factor stuff. Mm-hmm. And from all, being in all the Marvel thing or in all the X Men stuff, so I was like, yeah. okay, so is that who this is supposed to maybe be similar to or not? Well, if uh, yeah, no, that's that's her because in the comic when they drew her, she has a big white stripe and long black hair, big, mm-hmm. big okay. white stripe in that long black hair, and she was kicking it with Nick, okay, for for a good stretch of time. The Hasselhoff so, Nick, not the Sam Jackson Nick. <laughs> As a matter of fact, <laughs> Lisa Renner played her character in that Hasselhoff movie. Oh, is that right? Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. As, okay. as, the, as the hottie, though, as a love interest. <laughs> sure, of course, yeah. Yeah. So she, so her strategy is what, then? So from what we know of her so God far, because we, <laughs> we, we see her recruit uh, Florence Pugh. <laughs> well, probably not Florence Pugh, probably more like uh, the White Widow. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably the actress said. I'm not going to. I'm not killing people. I'm not doing that. And then we (laughs) just give me my check. I'm going back to England. Yeah, and then we saw her. uh, She's recruiting John Walker here. Yeah, she's probably building the West Coast Avengers. Okay, because in the in the trivia, there was two cameos that were cut, and one of them was Steve Rogers, and it says that they don't know why, and so it must have just been like a flashback scene or something. Um, but the other one was the Florence Pugh one, and that was because of the timeline mm. to where they um, they cut it because of the delays or something. So that makes me think like it just wouldn't have fit with her schedule. Um, with, with Florence Pugh's schedule? Florence Pugh's actual like acting schedule uh-huh. would be my guess. But uh, so that does, yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up. So it would it would almost be like a, a West Coast Avengers or like a Dark Avengers or like some sort of yeah. Secret Avengers or whatever they, whatever adjective they use to describe a secondary Avengers group. Right. So were you, were you surprised in, well, see, the way I, I saw it was I saw this first uh-huh. and then I saw Black Widow. Oh. So she was introduced to me in this series, talking to John Walker, and then she showed up at the end of Black Widow. And I thought that that's when it looked like, oh, now she's putting together a team. Mm-hmm. Well, she, yeah, she's doing like the reverse Nick Fury sort of thing. Yeah. And the fact that she has a connection to, you know, white Nick Fury, that, mm-hmm. that <laughs> I, I, it looked really simple that that's what she's doing. She's doing what Nick Fury did. Okay. Well, maybe we'll see more of that then. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't believe you're going to cast Julie Louis Dreyfus for just <laughs> two little shots and that'll be it. That's probably true. Just like that you don't do it with true. Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I do like how this is where we get um, the conflict between Sam and Isaiah mm. uh, to where he says they were worried about my story getting out. So they erased me like they've been doing for 500 years. Um, mm. And he's promoting that Sam Wilson should not be Captain America because of what all of the baggage that that symbol comes with. Yeah. Now, see, what he was saying while I was watching it was what I've already was feeling from episode one. Uh-huh. Right. So even though Sam gave the speech he gave about not taking the shield and not being Captain America, and I don't know, cause it's not in the dialogue. 
but the way the way he acted the part of the reluctance and looking at the shield at in his own place before he went to to the ceremony and what and I guess maybe I'm a little bit pre pre-informed by the comic book series when he was Captain America but how I felt as a as a black man I'm thinking you take that shield up, bud, and you are inviting a world of scrutiny and having to justify and half of the country is going to be whining and moaning. And it's like, do you want that? Do you want that really for your life? Like you're already doing good work. You're already saving people's lives. You're already a hero. Do you want to take on that burden of having all these faces saying you shouldn't be and we don't want and signs up in, in protest with the magic word, magic N words scrawled across monuments and things like he shouldn't be captain. Like, do you really, do you really want that? And that's what I thought was his reluctance of taking Captain America, not because he didn't think he was worthy, Mm-hmm. But I think it's because he didn't want the bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, didn't want well, to hear it. And as of the date of recording this, not too dissimilar than the BS that uh, Judge Jackson may be uh, under as being the uh, Supreme Court nominee. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So, so it's a lot of it, it's just uh, it's exhausting, mm-hmm. right, to think that you're going to be held at a higher standard than anybody else only because you were born black. It is infuriating that somebody else could step into the exact same role and just skate and Mm. even be mediocre or subpar, but never be held to scrutiny because of the way they were born. Mm. And it's unnecessary. It's hateful. It's a burden that we shouldn't have to bear just because of the way we were born, had no control whatsoever on how we were going to be skinned in this plant on this planet. And yet we had to put up with all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the stuff that I felt when Sam said, mm, go ahead and keep the shield. Like you can have the shield. That's cool. I'll just fly around. I'll be me. I'll do my thing. I don't want to know. And then when Isaiah Bradley is saying these things. I'm like, see, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I thought was interesting is this is also the boat uh, episode. Oh, yeah. They're fixing up the boat. And I was like, so Sam couldn't get a a corporate sponsor. Like nobody's (laughs) willing to give the Falcon a hand with his boat. Well, you saw him in the bank with his sister. I know. And he didn't. I was like, wait a minute. He didn't get a loan. There's no way that that bank is going to say no. Give but me excuse, a break. But excuse me. The bank is in. I'm sorry, people from Louisiana. Mm. But the bank was in Louisiana. <laughs> that I guess I guess that's a that is a fair point. It's, well, I mean, you pointed out that old dude Malcolm Spellman is in charge of this whole series, right? That's true. Malcolm knows. Malcolm knows. We know. Like we <laughs> in this country, there has had to be black owned banks mm-hmm. in order for black people to get loans for things. Just because you walked into a bank and asked for a loan and had the credentials does not mean you was going to get that loan. Mm. Uh, I also just saw that uh, Malcolm Spellman, his mm-hmm. IMDb, a.k.a. is the milkshake. <laughs> Oh, is that right? <laughs> That's, and his personal details, because I was trying to see when he was born. 
Uh, but it doesn't list. It just it says also known as the Malk Shake. All right, shake it up, Malk. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> but he doesn't look to be uh, very old to me. Like he looks like he's younger than me. Mm. So could be, could be. But yeah, I guess that I guess that would make sense to where it's like that could be the point that I'm not uh, taking in is that everything points to the fact that he should be able to get a corporate sponsor he should be able to get a bank loan but even though he is the falcon he's still and he could be the falcon he mm-hmm. he he all the qualifications and he could be the falcon and he's not getting that loan still doesn't matter yeah. and they don't play it like it's blatant racism right mm-hmm. but loans are not just given because you have the credentials and you have the credit line and you have this or that they also have to have the confidence Mm-hmm. in you as a person that you will be able to pay this loan back because whoever gives the loan, whatever loan officer has to justify it to whoever they report to. Mm-hmm. Yes, I signed off for this loan. Yes, we're going to give this loan because I think he can pay it back. And if a black man is going to walk into a bank and a white guy has has his own impressions of what black people are or what are they criminals? Are they thugs? Are they good guys? Do I have, do I know enough black people to to feel like there's no difference between us at all? Or are you full of your own preconceived notions? And do you think this guy's going to sit down here and then he's going to rob a bank or he's going to Mm -hmm. default on his loan just because you knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. And you have to fight through all those layers just to be counted as a normal American citizen. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. So our last episode, Alan. Yes. One world, one people. Is it possible? Can it happen? Uh, This is where what I would have loved to have seen, because this is the um, kicking off the sort of like government discussion or the the vote, right, is where we leave off the episode before Mm -hmm. to where it looks like um carly's group has is going to either kill a bunch of these uh these vote these voters or these uh taste makers or whatever you want to call them the grc um, is what they want yeah, the to be grc called. which i would have i didn't mention but i would have loved to have seen more of those commercials sort of promoting the grc because they just have mm. the one and i would have liked to have seen them try to do the propagandistic sort of thing with john walker also because mm. they have the they have those laminated posters that he sort of goes and looks at it, looks at in the alleyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I would have liked to have seen even more of that. Cause I was, that's one of the things that I really liked about WandaVision was we had those commercials. Uh, oh anyway, yeah. So I would, I was like, Oh man, can't, we couldn't have done this a little, like a couple of more times, but <laughs> going into that sort of thing with the GRC is I would have loved to have seen like a guy Rick sort of a character. Oh, that was kind of the figure that was promoting these borders mm-hmm. that that way mm-hmm. we had like a person that we were following throughout. That was like the political anti Carly sort of character mm-hmm. uh, because instead I'm like, well, I don't know who this dude is. Why do I care? Like, I guess I don't want him to kill these innocent quote unquote, innocent people. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I guess it's no big shake for me if they do like, I'm kind of, <laughs> I, cause I'm watching, I'm watching the show and I'm like, man, there's a lot of people dying in this show. Mm. <laughs> because well, the, like sam kills several people in the show oh Whether the, it's uh, like helicopters blowing up oh, got okay stuff yeah. at the first episode where the people are Bat-trucks dying people yeah bat people 
mm-hmm. the people that were, yeah, I mean, you know, that was the military piece. You That's can kill right. people in war. <laughs> and so You're I was like, that, I and so I was like, okay, well, maybe they're going to have a moment where Carly like actually kills one of them or something, and that's going to be the line that is too far for her. And well, there was to... no, but they did do that though. One of the one of the terrorist strikes that Carly and her people did was an explosion at a I don't know what it was an emissary or something. It was em- like where embassy? they got their. I thought that was where they got like the the sack of onions and stuff. I thought it was just like a bunch of smugglers that they killed. But they killed them. There was, well, yeah, but it's was like criminals least... killing criminals, though. But what didn't they do? Didn't they purposefully make one of those people in front of the gate seem like he was just a working guy? Mm, yeah, that's OK. But like somebody I... who was just like for part time job, they were standing in front of this door or something and they got blown up because after that person died, the one Carly's little right hand man looked at her like, damn Uh like uh oh yeah we did that like we did that and carly was like yeah but um i know (laughs) but we gotta do what we gotta do Mm -hmm. like that was a specific scene i remember seeing it so i think she had that moment where she crossed the line where she committed to if they gotta die they gotta die Mm. because i just we had all the this group of these people that are that are not great that are going to you know vote for these borders to go back in into sort of uh it's it's the people that sam talks down at the end mm-hmm. essentially and i wish that i wish there would have been some other character that we we're following throughout the series to where oh. it's like oh here's this here's this guy that won't shut up and it's like <laughs> sam's trying to help you out just be quiet you know that kind mm-hmm. of a character yeah is what i would have liked to have seen i guess what if we did we lose that in one of the episodes i don't know i didn't see anything about that i think that that's just a that's just a little thing for me i think Mm. it's just a little want of mine just to see uh henry peter garrick in the the world (laughs) maybe that flat top baby i need it (laughs) a red red (laughs) red flat top (laughs) (laughs) oh i bet you that would get changed that does not look the same in real life (laughs) <laughs> that's like the what harry if, osborne sort of hair you know which I, i'm still mad about but <laughs> what if they just got a, an actor with actual red hair and they gave him a crew cut yeah i mean i'd like I, to see it have, don't fake it just the, make it real yeah people have got, hair like that and you've got the big uh the big glasses that he would need i mean it's green it's, with it's green a tint yeah it's gotta be a green tint though green tint glasses got to so anyway so that was that was the only little bit that i'd would have liked there i didn't i didn't love john walker being in this every every scene in this last episode i was just like this this doesn't this isn't working like i didn't almost every one of the fights except for that highway one that i mentioned earlier i thought oh this looks really good this fight i did not love because i felt like i was losing the sense of geography of where everything was okay i was sort of lost in terms of like like okay so john is traumatized but then comes back for this final battle and then he attempts to be his hero it's his big hero moment right Mm. and then he's piled upon by carly's crew and he can't he still can't do anything right right Mm. and then as sam's about to give his big speech he just like goes off with bucky and is like making jokes with him 
And I'm like, what are they doing with this guy? Like, what is, what is his problem? Like, I don't understand what, <laughs> what the choices are here because it seemed like he was going to have this sort of overall arc that we were going to follow. But here he's just like cracking jokes. And I'm like, dude, you don't give a shit about Lamar's death. Like you're just mm. cracking wise because it was convenient for you to feel bad about it at that moment. Oh, show so, those bold spots. I didn't like that. And I didn't, I didn't feel like that was a choice. I felt like that that was a fault in the, either the performance or the writing or the something. Okay. Okay. Maybe put a piece of how they squished the conclusion together. Yeah, it Maybe could have been. They were rushed for time. And yeah, because but... a lot of this stuff didn't, like it didn't quite land for me like I was hoping it was going to. And they wanted to position, the, they want to position him as the U.S. agent. Right. Right. Yeah. They want to position him as getting a new costume, getting a new shield, becoming the U.S. agent and having future potential in, in future properties. Mm-hmm. So they had to have him have a hero moment. And I guess part of the hero moment is is palling up with uh, the, the leads of the show. Mm-hmm. And so we get um, this is where we get, you know, Carly's gone is going too far, according to the like her other people. Right. Is when they're questioning her a little bit here. Uh, to where she makes them say one world one people uh, more than once because they're kind of hesitant mm. uh, because she's going a little too far but yeah, they're like one world you crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you losing and, your mind and this is where we get the the big reveal of sharon carter is the power broker right she's the power broker and i'm like herself okay, okay. So did it did it get was that clear to you because it seemed a little too convoluted to me well they they said that she was the power broker and i was like great <laughs> like and <laughs> I, don't, I was like all right what be because the, we haven't thing, we haven't like seen her do anything with that title well this no we but this is what we what you can put and in, click into place when you find out that she's the power broker the fact that she lives in Madripoor, mm-hmm. even if she was on the run, it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Mm-hmm. How did she survive day after day living in Madripoor? So you put you put the pieces together. Oh, she she survived because she runs. Shit. She runs this shit. Yeah, she runs shit. <laughs> that, but the the part that that made me, that got convoluted for me was. The power broker is the one who got the scientists to make those super soldier serums, mm-hmm. right? And also sold them to Carly. Right. So what ha- And then while she was Sharon Carter, she was attacking the guy who was making the super, super soldier serum. Right. So what was what was was she just playing the role to throw Sam and Bucky off her trail and potentially Zemo, I guess. In that moment. okay, and because he's he was loose at the moment, I guess. So what was her motives for having Carly get powered up with the flag smashers? I don't know, because she wants to bring her in at the end. Right. And she's like, we can do something together. And she's like, oh, no, you didn't want to do anything i was the one who wanted to make change in the world is what carly's saying to her mm-hmm. and so i'm like what the heck like what is going on yeah <laughs> yeah so that's that's where i got turned and then she kills carly mm-hmm. and she kills carly 
And one of the things that I thought was interesting was like, wasn't it, it's the Mad- Madripoor uh, episode and it's when Sarah and Sam are talking and then there's just like a shot out of nowhere, right? That like saves them. Oh, mm-hmm. and I'm like, is that supposed to be Sharon? Because I kept waiting to, you know, to travel back from where the bullet was and see that it was Sharon, like snipering somebody or something. Mm. But it was just like a random shot, I guess. But if, like, if, it was, the heck? If, if it was key, is that because Sam was talking to Sarah over the phone? Yeah, he was talking to Sarah while he was trying to dodge bullets and stuff. Well, he was talking to her, and then that's when he was like blowing his own cover because Sarah's like, Sam, don't you know? And he's like, Who's Sam? Okay, okay. Yeah, no, it had to be, right? It had to be uh, Sharon. Yeah, but we didn't get like a reveal that it was her. Like, you just kind of have to assume that it was. I suppose. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Miss Power Broker gets all forgiven. Because nobody mm-hmm. knows she's the power broker. She gets forgiven. She gets reinstated mm-hmm. to the CIA, but she's the power broker. Yeah. So that was a thing where I didn't see that until earlier today when I watched the last episode. <laughs> because after the show was over, I was like, okay, well, let's just pl- let the credits play. And I must have turned it off right before they went to that scene. Eric! I know. You would think I would know better, especially because we watched it on Disney Plus and it and it just skips to the next episode if there's nothing else there. Yeah. So and so yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it until like a couple hours ago. Ah, well, what do you think then? And she gets reinstated and she's like pulling her uh mean girl. Mean yeah. girl kind of face. She looks to the side, right? Mm-hmm. When she when she pulls that face, she looks to the side like I got this. Like I'm fucking stuff up. And so, but what is she going to do though? She's got to have she's got to have a role in Captain America 4 then. I suppose so. And do you think she's going to be the big bad? Uh, I hope they don't do that. Uh, what she, I I would hope ooh, now this, people this, this is blasphemy, but I would hope that she maybe gets killed in the fourth episode <gasps> for and what then, reason well i don't well she probably screws over the big bad whoever oh, the big bad is so, and then sam's so, got to sort of deal with the fact that she was killed oh so the blas- blasphemous part is that you just fridged her mm-hmm. so i don't know i mean they've got to do something with it but, because it's not like it it would be where the audience would be so far ahead of the characters to where if she's the bad guy, you're like, yeah, it's Sharon. We watched the end of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> well, only you today. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd have been like, oh, I don't know who it is. <laughs> 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 yeah. Although the other thing that I noticed today, which I didn't, hadn't paid attention, I must have really been checked out by the end of this episode because I will say this was not my favorite episode. Uh. Um, but the first time around, I must have been checked out because I didn't realize that it switched to Captain America in the Winter Soldier. Yeah. At the end for the title. And I was like, oh, sure I like that a lot. Did. Yeah. Sure did. He was in that episode. Now he is Captain America. Mm-hmm. Now there's no will he, will, will he, won't he? He is now Captain America. Because after John Walk John Asshole Walker <laughs> messed up the 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 wings. Mm-hmm. And, and grounded our falcon mm-hmm. the wakandans took it on the mm-hmm. wakandans said let us have it and the wakandans made a better suit 
and they get they put the colors on it. They were like, you know what, uh, Sam? I don't know what you're gonna do, but we're gonna have you be Captain America. Like, like we're making a Captain America. Yeah, really. We're like, you know what? We're gonna just make you the biggest symbol we can. <laughs> right? Like we're just gonna make you like. There's no hiding what you are. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, is that maneuvering on Wakanda's part? Like, do, does be. Wakanda want to have a, a, a stake in the game? Want to have a dog in the race? Like, we gave you that suit, so can you kind of do this little solid for us, please? Thank you very much, Captain America. You wouldn't think that they would show up in the uh, Wakanda Forever movie, right? Why not? Well, that's what I'm saying. I guess, like, I would, I guess, I would prefer if it was just about Wakanda instead of like having to bring in these other people to sort of like support the the film. Well, but I don't know. Hollywood being Hollywood, you know, they said well, we did that already. We gave we gave you a black movie. Now we're going to do it the way we usually do it. Yeah. Well, they'll say, well, hey, we'll we'll throw uh, Anthony Mackie in there. He's black. Like, yeah, <laughs> but can't you just can't you just let it be about like Wakanda? right yeah. who knows we'll see yeah we will see now that they're back uh shooting again mm. finally so yeah this is uh this end was like it was very inconsistent for me because there was times like where sam's talking about we can do better to where i'm like ooh, yes okay you land you hit that really really well but then mm. there was also times where i'm seeing him and he's talking to this character that i don't care about mm. and he's And he's kind of like, for being a guy that is making this really sort of heartfelt speech, like he is a man that's got an interesting outfit on. (laughs) Where I'm like, all right, like you got your red goggles and you've got like this really kind of puffy looking costume. I was like, I I get the symbology behind it, but it's also like you're trying to talk about deep issues and you kind of look a little silly for the speech that you're giving. How? dare you sir you got to give me a little like michael keaton batman returns like yank off that cowl baby and give me the the heartfelt speech just as the bear person that you are well i mean um, steve rogers was blue he had a blue helmet on when he was doing his thing that's true so (laughs) we can have the same color well that's what they did blue and white and red Mm -hmm. they're just carrying over the iconography yeah, uh, but I think the deciding factor for Sam was that talk with with uh, Isaiah Bradley, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because he he saw Isaiah's bitterness and anger that came from the injustice that was done to him after having been a super soldier and not rewarded but punished, mm-hmm. right? So while Sam didn't want to become Captain America because of all the bulge that he was going to have to go through. He became Captain America because men like Isaiah Bradley needed to be, needed to have their justice. Mm-hmm. Like little boys needed to see themselves in a black, in a, in a Captain America. Mm-hmm. Right. And not for nothing, they showed, they purposefully included the character of Eli Bradley who in the comics becomes um, Patriot, but here there's no super soldier. There's no, he's just a, he's just a grandson that opens the door to let the guys in. They don't Mm -hmm. say much about him, but in this, in this um, 
in the service of the story, Eli Bradley standing there as a young black man, knowing that his grandfather was done dirty and sees this Falcon guy who he knows saved the world with the Avengers. Did Sam see Eli standing there and said, they did your grandfather wrong. He deserved to be Captain America. I've been shirking this duty. I'm going to do it for you. Mm. And all the other black kids, all the other young black kids out there that needs to see Captain America reflected in their skin color as well. And then he tries to pay respect with the, with the statue as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully they do something a little bit um, different than the whole uh, MGH stuff or whatever it was like the mutant growth hormone or whatever it was that he took you said it right yeah it was that that he did and i was like oh man you got to make the the black guys got to be like the drug taking one (laughs) come on yeah but now they have eli bradley you you know already if you haven't seen it yet that that kate bishop has come into the mcu Mm -hmm. they have had one of those kids Wanda's kids, both of them. <laughs> Getting close to that young event. Well, I mean, you've got uh, don't you have the Ant-Man's uh, daughter? Cassie, Cassie Lang. Absolutely right. So you don't have absolutely. a Hulkling yet. Right. Well, we do have scrolls though. That's true. So we'll see. Okay. So I could I could definitely see because you I, I don't know if you saw the announcement, but Kevin Feige said that there wouldn't be another Avengers movie. No, I didn't. Yeah, so he said he said that, but then people are like, well, that he didn't say there wouldn't be a young Avengers movie <laughs> or a West Coast Avengers or a Secret Avengers or Dark Avengers, right? right. So I could definitely see them trying to do like a uh, John Walker-esque group Ew. and then a Young Avengers uh, group mm-hmm. so i don't know it'll be interesting it's it's interesting to me that there's nothing that's been mentioned outside of i mean there's plenty of movies coming mm-hmm. um but the whole like r- trying to do avengers again hasn't been really a topic that's been brought up well you know what i'm kind of okay with that because why yeah that's true well i, I just <laughs> i'm just surprised based on the sort of like, oh, Hollywood studios are doomed and all this kind of stuff. Oh, no, no, no. You know, that's not the case. The case is <laughs> they have X Men and Fantastic Four, they can now start. Mm-hmm. And way back when Iron Man came up, Marvel didn't have these properties. So it was at, at the beginning, it seemed like, oh, so y'all gonna put together this old cheap old C lister because y'all can't do. You can't do X-Men. You can't do Fantastic Four. So we got to put up with this this dude, this chump, uh-huh. until they blew it out of the water. And then it was all the Avengers all the time. Just give me, give me, give me more, more, more. But now they have Fantastic Four and X-Men. So now they can do what they could have done at the beginning if they had the properties. And I cannot wait to see what they do with these people. Let me ask you this. So... I already know your feelings about the Fantastic Four. If they're doing the X-Men, do you want it to just be original five? Um, Do you feel like you have to have a Wolverine in there? Oh, no, I don't feel like they have to have a Wolverine. 
I, you know what? I don't think I would mind seeing. Well, because you can't really make it a period piece anymore, right? Right. I don't know. You could though. I guess because I would think that you would. I don't know. I don't want to talk about the Doctor Strange thing. Do not. <laughs> but what I want to know is because that's dealing with a multiverse. Yeah. Are you just going to sort of, cause I would rather start from scratch, not just be cheap and bring something over. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Just what, what do they start from scratch with? Yeah. Do they start so, from scratch with the original five or do they start from scratch with the, um, like the with, all new. Yeah. With the all new, all different. Ooh, I wouldn't like that though. No? I would I wouldn't like to see I I don't know. I've I feel like you would get yourself into too many problematic areas to where we have all of these different people that are just representing types. Mm. I don't know. Mm, no. Like oh like having the, uh, the uh, Russian, Russian the Russian guy, the one black lady, mm. the, uh, the Irish screaming guy, you know, <laughs> the Japanese guy, like all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Like, I think I, that's probably better suited in comic form. But I think that they could introduce those characters just bit by bit, but maybe not. that's not what you would start with, I don't think. Well, if they start with the original five, it's just all white people all the time. That is, that is also very problematic. <laughs> Although I do want all white people for the Fantastic Four. <laughs> and that has just been so controversial yeah people can listen back to our uh fantastic four discussion about the inclusion of um michael b jordan just because michael b jordan was a black character mm. yeah and i i haven't come too far from that point of view mm-hmm. but i i feel like i've gotten such and you know i am not allied whatsoever with white supremacy and all the threatened poor, scared little white people who are afraid they're going to lose their prominence if you diversify castes. Mm-hmm. I don't have any sympathy for that. They have had white. They will have white. They have white now. They don't have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. They can afford diversity in our, in our movies. So that's not my point of view. My point of view is just is really simply that Alan White... <laughs> have fallen in love with those four characters and i want to see them moving and breathing on the screen Mm -hmm. as you grew up watching them as i grew up reading them yeah those characters i want to see i want to hear i want to see sue being you know (laughs) i I want her to be wilting i want her to be a bit you know this character from the classics and then come into her own power as the movie progresses or maybe as the series progress. I want to see Mad Men. I want to see, I want to see Reed from the Mad Men era be mm-hmm. a chauvinist, mm-hmm. be a misogynist, be an idiot, be, and then have his shit pushed in. Like I want him <laughs> to, I want them to straighten we Reed out and him get get a clue that, oh, I'm not great. Like I need to get my shit together. I have not been treating anybody okay. I want I want a young whippersnapper. I want a, a little entitled Johnny Storm running around with his little blonde mm-hmm. hair. I want to see it. I want to see. I want to see Lower East Side Benjamin Grimm, mm-hmm. Bowery Boy Ben. That's what I, I want to see it. So, do you think that they 
I mean, that one seems the easiest to me to make that a period, a period piece. Yes. Because you introduce them in the 60s or 70s or whatever year you want to introduce them. And then you have them stuck in the negative zone or wherever. Mm -hmm. And they don't get out until now. And then how do you deal with life, kids? Yeah. And I mean, that's the way to the first movie is them you know, going through their origin and then all that sort of thing. But, and you could have them at the end getting stuck in that negative zone. Mm. And then episode uh, two or the series or whatever, season two of the series, you have them getting out. And they're I'm in 2022 it. or 2023 or whatever. So the the mutants would be more complicated, but you could do a similar sort of thing and then just have it related to something like an Mkron crystal or whatever, or the Savage Land or whatever, and the time works different than what they were used to mm. if you want so to I, develop it in a different era. Yeah, I, I do not envy the writers to bring those characters in. Um, mm-hmm. They could just do the Fantastic for the way we described it, like do that and you guys are no problem. But whatever you're going to do is going to be a lot of scrutiny on whatever they're going to do. It's going to be a lot of scrutiny, a lot of complaints, um, not everybody's going to get what they want and you know how fan fandom is at times yeah. so i don't envy them in that position and i just want them to do i just want them to do something really great yeah i just think that the fantastic four is a much easier cleaner sort of story dynamic to do than it is x-men because like yeah. fantastic four it is it is just a it is a family yeah and those are universal your family doesn't always get along sort of things, right? And so that is so easy or that is relatively easier to see like how they could make that work and all of the tech and the era and all that sort of stuff you can adapt. Um, But it seems to me like that, as long as you're staying foundational to those four characters and what their cores are, that's Mm. easier than what you have to do with the mutants. Because you have to introduce, like, well, why are they mutants? Yeah. Like, what happened? And is there going to be an inherent bias against mutants in the MCU? Because they love the Avengers. So... Yeah, why, yeah, they love the Avengers. Why don't they love the mutants? Like, what's going right. on? Right. There has to be a, um, a threat. So we are getting pushed out. Yeah. We are, yeah. We are becoming um, an extinct. Maybe they mm-hmm. have to really push that up. They'd have to, yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, you know, like I like we've said, they they are in development of the Fantastic Four movie, or in pre-production. We'll say it that way. They've at least okay. announced it, but they haven't said anything about X Men, as far as I know. Right. So we'll I don't know see. What yeah, I don't know what direction they're going in. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. Kevin Feige, I know you're a listener. Let, get me in that room. Yeah, I want to know all the details. I've got a lot of ideas on how you're wrong, but don't ask me for how to fix it. Yeah. Well, uh, well, brainstorm a little bit. Take take some time. You may come up with something. That's right. It'll be like uh, I'll I'll just call up Alan, and he can be my uh, my Julian, my uh, Julian Lytle. Lytle. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you're the Avery Dunay, and I'm the Julian Lytle. Oh yeah, Avery Dunay. <laughs> yeah, we're similar. <laughs> we're similar in the Hollywood scale, me and Ava. <laughs> <laughs> really really close so anyway all right well wrapping us up i think that's it for falcon and the winter soldier right 
It was, it, yeah, we okay. did. It did what it did. It did what it did. It was a, it was just a notch below WandaVision for me. It was a little uneven at times, but I did enjoy the show. And there was, there was real, real solid moments for me. Like there was stuff that character wise that they did that I was really happy with, but it wasn't quite as successful for me as WandaVision. Mm. And I still feel the way Sam felt at the beginning of the series. And I, <laughs> and I do not want, I do not want to hear the bullshit when he hits the screen as Captain America. I just don't want to hear it. Oh yeah. You're going to have to get off social media for a while, right? Once, I'm not uh, getting off of nothing. They're not chasing me off of nowhere. <laughs> if they want to bring it, bring it. But I was going to say that is, that is my reaction of, Ooh, yeah. Let's just avoid that. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. They're not chasing me off. Mm-hmm. I like social media. I use it to to talk to my friends all over the world. And, right. and a, a bunch of racist assholes are not going to chase me off of social media for nothing. Well, I like that. I appreciate that. But I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But also. <laughs> I'll be block, 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 block. That's, That's right. That's how I'm going to deal with it. I've been, uh, I've been getting real handy with that block. It's a godsend. It, it really is. I appreciate block, that. Mute, block, mute, block, block, mute, and block. <laughs> I do. Uh, Try I, me. Try me. I do block or mute several of my uh, screenwriting um, companions <laughs> that, that perhaps <laughs> say things that I don't necessarily agree with. And I'm like, oop, you got to go on mute. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, oh, do I follow you and you follow me? All right, I'm muting you then. Mute and if it's you. somebody I don't know, it's like, nah, I'm blocking you. Block. Call block. <laughs> that's right. My so that's, social media, my rules. That's right. So that's how that works. So, all right. Well, if you have any comments, suggestions, or movies that you'd like to hear us talk about, you could email us at plainlabelpodcast at gmail.com. You could go over to where Alan may block you, which is Twitter, and follow the show. We're at Plain Label Pod. You could follow me over there. I'm at Eric Williams 79. If you wanted to help out the show, you could check out our show notes where you'll find the link to our Amazon wish list. I do want to thank Mr. New Mutant himself for coming on. If people wanted to hear more from you or get in touch with you, where could they do that? They could do it at this aforementioned Twitter. <laughs> at be careful new... now. Be careful now. I mean, you, you come, you bring me some bulls and you're going to get blocked. So that's, that's right. just, you know, you can, you can act froggy if you want to. And don't say anything negative about Keith Sweat either. I mean... He there's he has a song that really does there's some scrutiny that needs to be given to one of his songs. But don't come don't come to me when Captain America is Sam Wilson and he is Captain America and you have a problem with it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because it happened go. in the comic books and I'm good with it for that. At New Mutant. At New Mutant. Mm-hmm. There it is. Ways. There it is. Well, thank you for listening. You can join Alan and I in a couple of weeks when we come back and we continue our discussion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with our next series, which is Loki. Are you ready? Is you ready? Ready? You say you ready? Whole squad ready? Ready? Is you ready? Are you ready? Ready? Is you ready? Whole squad ready? We came here to see Jeff. What you got? No, no, no. Not on my watch. No way. Bring what you got, I'm going to the top. You can bring what you got, I'm going to the top. Bring what you got. Bring what you got. I'm going to the top. I'm going to the top. Are you ready? You know what time it is, right?
They don't want us to make it, so it's time to take it. Rhyme with them killers, it's time to see who be realer I load the MD, the clip on them, make sure these people fit it I'm shooting like Reggie Miller, don't move or I'ma hit you Pop a pound, told her, told ya, I call it Thriller Manila Stop on them, be no motion picture, hit you from distance We came out the trenches with the stitches, God is my witness And I gotta get that first shot up before that